This is the VO Life Podcast. All about the ups and downs of being a voice actor in the real world. Casting sites, agents, marketing, using every resource to make sure we keep growing and reaching for more. We may not be superstars, but we're grinding our way up. From the occasional regional to the local 15 and everything in between, we are living the VO life. Join us weekly for recent happenings and interviews with the people who can help you on your walk through the VO life. Now, here's your host and fellow traveler, Troy Holden. Hey, 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 welcome back. It's the VO Life. I'm your host, Troy Holden, one of two blue collars in the room today. I, I tout myself as a blue collar voice of choice. Last night, I was um, I was smoldered by uh, a guy, Dan Marion, who says he was branding himself or about to release the blue collar bourbon voice of choice. And uh-huh. then all of a sudden, I'm jumping out everywhere with blue collar voice of choice. So he just reverted back and went with your bourbon voice of choice. So uh, we lost a blue collar brother thanks to me getting ahead of him. But this is Jim McCarthy, who I look at as one of the original blue collar voices because he's one of the first people I saw in voiceover with that mantra. So, Jim, well, we need to, to make you. you an admin of the uh, page, man. We got to go, you know, the blue collar voiceover association page on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, uh, heck yeah! I started in contrast of all the uh, the elites out there that you know like to yeah. crap on all the newbies. So yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, there's a couple of divisions of those people too. There are some that are just fine; they're fine yeah. with the And then there's a handful that, boy, they just love to hate on you. And and uh, I'm hoping there's some breaking news today. And I don't know if you're aware of this this troll. Uh, there's a troll email that comes out and, and and this person attacks people on LinkedIn that are posting good things about their voiceover business. And their name is Sabrina Farrows. Nobody mm-hmm. knows who Sabrina Farrows is. Pretty sure it's not a woman just by the verbiage. But I was attacked last year. Several people were attacked. Another friend of mine was hit this week. And somehow he has figured out they went onto his website right before he got the email and and did something in there where they were looking at something and he was able to trace it as to who it is. Oh. So he, he's looking into to try to make sure before he releases this, that it is this person. This will be very interesting if this comes okay, out. Okay. So is it, it's Sabrina Farrows, F-A-R-R-O-W-S. Yeah. Yeah. Sabrina. And Sabrina Farrows. And every, you know, people have done, uh, you know, Google searches, they've tried to dig into it. It's a fake name, a fake email account. It, it, it was, they thought it was coming from the Seattle area, uh, you know, due to the domain and this, that, but I don't think anybody's got to the bottom of it yet, but there's enough people now that, that whoever this is has pissed off that there's, there's even a, a, a PI has been hired to find this person. Wow. So yeah, I'm that's not really her pissing on, uh, people off. She's not coming up on LinkedIn. So maybe uh, you took care of it. I don't know. It's a now fake. That they found I, it's, out. it's a fake thing. And and wow. what they Not do only is the they freaking vitriolic towards the newbie voiceover community. They're hiding behind a pseudonym. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about and, cowardly. Isn't that because none of these people that complain about the newbies would ever complain to their face. Okay. They always do it behind a keyboard, and they're ne- it's like, dude, you do that to somebody in their face, you're gonna get punched in the throat. 
Yeah. That'll stop that. <laughs> More people need to get punched in the throat, Troy. That's true. Like the yeah. good old days. You know? That's right. But that, that's offensive. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. It's just totally offensive. Make that yeah. into a clip. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Jim, let's talk about all the things that you do. Uh, yeah. The entrepreneur wise, you're doing a lot of stuff. Now, I, I know yeah. you're a, you're a, a voice actor. Uh, I know you've been in the automotive business. We talked about before when I was on your podcast, you were doing things, uh, car wash, lighting, uh, mm-hmm. all kind of stuff, podcast producing. Uh, run us through, you know, what's a day like or a week like for Jim? Well, I mean, today I've, I went and visited a car wash that's uh, being built in Fairview. Uh, I engaged with them on social media and you know, go there, hand out a flyer and see if there's any business to be had, uh, lighting wise. And that's part of the, what part of my world. Uh, but most of my morning consisted of creating, uh, podcast clips for various clients. Uh, part of what I do for them is extract, uh, the micro content out of their episodes. In addition to producing the entire episode, whether it comes, uh, from the intros, the outros, voicing them, writing them, producing them, uh, to deploying them. You know, that's a huge part of my business now. I mean, my voiceover side of things is really uh, a lot of it's done uh, in the evening uh, when I get Mm -hmm. my orders in there for the next day. I just go into my closet, hang out in there for an hour, uh, pound out some scripts and then uh, package them up, send them off and then send a bill at the end of the month. Uh, and then, you know, yesterday I was out shooting a car for Mercedes. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's really kind of the, um, in my opinion, how you have to be, if you want to be a creative in this world, you kind of have to spin a lot of plates, you know? Right. Um, right. But you try to keep them congruent with each other. You know, the lighting mm-hmm. thing is kind of like an offshoot. Okay. What's that all about? It's just a business I got into back in 2016. It's just stuck. So mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. pays the majority of my bills. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand what you're saying. I, I had done a, uh, I don't even know if I released it yet. I was doing some casual shorts, for the podcast were quick four to five, six minute things during the summer. And one of them had to do with side hustles as a full-time VO, you know, because I do uh, some video stuff. I do a little copywriting, uh, some things like that. You can tie things into this. You know, a lot of people VO is their side hustle, but if you're doing this full-time, there's a lot of things you can offshoot. Well, that, that's, that, that and I think it's it. a, it's a reality these days. You can't, mm-hmm. it's tough to go full-time into voiceover. There's a lot of legacy elitist people that are, are certainly have done it, but they've came out of the, you know, the eighties, nineties, early millennium and built up their networks. And for some reason they're upset about how the technology has lowered the bar to, uh, of, of, you know, of the, the barrier to entry to get into the business from cost of technology, the microphones, all the equipment you need, you can get started for under 500 bucks. I mean, it's really mm-hmm. not that much, right. uh, put it into a closet with some clothes in it and everything. And you got yourself a little bit of, bo- of a booth and off to the races, man. I mean, if, and if it works and technology, technology is a freight train that you cannot, it's coming down the tracks, whether you like it or not, you're right. not going to stop the thing. Okay. Right. For sure. And a lot of these people are really kind of upset about, um, you know, how the barrier to entry, they're no longer special snowflakes mm-hmm. uh, and they've become commoditized, which means it's more work in the sales process to, you got to become more of a salesperson like any other business. You got to get mm-hmm. out there and prospect. You got to cha- talk the talk. You got to know how to uh, present and close and follow up and ask for leads and things of that nature and build your network. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're a commodity, you got to find a way to decommoditize yourself. And a lot yeah. of these people are just kind of, you know, raining on other people's parades. Like, where do you, what are you so worried about? You know, because you tell them, well, I don't make any less money my years. Then what are you worried about? What are you mm-hmm. worried about? 
Okay. Mm -hmm. If your life is so great, then stop being a keyboard warrior and, you know, say that, say it to the people's face and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True. Very true. Very true. I know. And and this is, well, this is the second, uh, the second, I guess, change, you know, because it went from everything was agency, everything was coastal to, Pay to plays, uh, you know, your voice one, two, three, voices.com, casting sites, then came Upwork, Fiverr, all that other stuff. And it's just mm. going to keep going. It's not going away, you know. Yeah. So, and, and I've heard several of them say that they've not, you know, the people that are not griping about new people, they're saying, well, yeah, sure, there's lower price work, but it's not affecting the other work. And they're right. They're not seeing their paychecks go down as long as they're still credible and can book the work. They're still going to get the good, you know, the well-paying work. There's plenty out there. Good gosh, there's so much because things have changed in the last uh, five years, 10 years, whatever. Look how much content comes out on a daily basis and how much of that might need a voiceover behind it. It's crazy. We're just, you know, getting into the aspect of production. You and I have talked about this as well. I believe that it's incumbent for every voiceover person out there. You got to learn to produce. You got to mm-hmm. learn how to use your DAW, how to layer music underneath your voice and and mix it within the context of uh, how it sounds and what room it was recorded in. And does it con- does the music complement the voiceover and the EQ and how to compress and, and do all those things that I learned in the radio business for a good majority of my adult professional life? Um you know, I had the advantage of getting into the voiceover game because I I voiced and produced, you know, literally tens upon tens of thousands of pieces mm-hmm. over the since 1996. I got out of the business in 2013, but I still kept my my toe in the water with podcasting, with voiceover and the, the occasional spot that I would produce. But a lot of those chops were hard earned in that business, getting around mm-hmm. people who uh, you know, becoming the big fish in a small pond in Connecticut at WRKI. Um, but I still wasn't, you know, up to my game until I moved to Las Vegas and I was in a, a pod of six other radio stations uh, that were, you know, nationally known that were, you know, really credible radio stations with tremendous production guys and producers inside the building. So once you start becoming the stupid guy in the room and you're surrounded by the other smart people, you start gleaning all that. You start, Mm -hmm. it makes you much better. That's where I learned about compression and EQ and all that other thing, you know, and learning how to get that agency sound, which was Mm -hmm. elusive for me for the first 10, 15 years. Right. And it's, I came with production and knowing how to record and all that fun stuff. Yep. Yep. The, uh, and the production quality in podcast, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's a sore subject to me sometimes because I listen to several. Mm-hmm. And am I saying that my production is fantastic? No, but it's somewhat pleasing to the ear. It doesn't sound like people are talking into, you know, the, the can and string. I hear a lot of that. So you also are doing podcast production for other people. And, and I, I wish people would realize the importance of the quality of that, because I'll skip over something that I enjoy if the quality sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's if tough it's, to listen it, to. It's tough to listen to, and it's tough to provide a level of forgiveness uh, on certain, you know, if the value doesn't exceed the production quality, which a lot of thought leaders out there that I'm quite surprised that have huge names uh, you listen to their podcasts and typically they try to gear the podcast for video. Maybe it's like a setup, like a television studio. Uh, and the audio almost, it becomes second, you know, it's like, guys, 
you got to make sure that audio is spot on because if if mm-hmm. if they want to watch it terrific the audio better be good if they want to listen to it while they're commuting while they're working out walking in the neighborhood that audio really be- better be good and it's uh, right. you know big names that it's like sometimes it's just unlistenable it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah. unbelievable yep now your your podcast that you do uh, called what's your problem is is not really based around uh, VO. It's more entrepreneurship, local business, and things like that. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that because I got uh, interested in it when I saw it about six eight months ago, and watched you know different episodes, listened to different episodes, and it's really been helpful because of hearing uh, advice from other entrepreneurs or just other people, even musicians, different types yeah. of people that you have on there. It's fantastic. Tell, uh, tell everybody a little about that and, and what the goal that you have with that is. The initial impetus of the pro- podcast was to get people inside of our building in the previous situation that I was in, uh, to get them introduced to what we do as a whole in, in the company. So, Hey, if I wanted to meet the, uh, a C list, a C suite executive, of a you know mid to large size corporation, I can invite them on my podcast and actually get them in the building and see what we do and meet everybody and kind of get the feel of everything because we were kind of in the trades at that point and uh, you know no not so much anymore but I can still continue to do that of who do you want to meet that's one of the biggest virtues of podcasting is now that you have a show maybe not so much now but you know a year a year or two ago not many people had a podcast you know let alone that was well produced and you can sit down and have a fun conversation uh but if you got something you can invite somebody on and get mm-hmm. to meet them and start that relationship that's a podcast is a great way to do that uh mm-hmm. i've taken advantage of you know many people's times that they 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 charge 50 to 100,000 dollars an hour and I got it for free. I got to pick their brain for an hour and they were just more than happy to come on a podcast with me. It was a virtual uh, platform, but occasionally you never know. I mean, mm-hmm. you never know who will say yes. I was watching a Dennis Quaid movie the other night and I said, you know, I have a, I, I have a feeling he moved to Middle Tennessee. Uh, let me look him up, found his Instagram, found his PR company. On a whim, I reached out to him, said, hey, you know, I, I feel like you live in the Nashville area now. And if you're ever, you know, kind of bored, <laughs> you want to do mm-hmm. a podcast episode with me, I'm down in Thompson Station. Let's talk. You never know what may come of that. Right. You know? Right. And you get to meet a, you know, an A-list Hollywood celebrity who is uh, in our own backyard. I mean, it's yeah. just invite them on. You never know who's going to say yes, or at least that's, you can start a conversation. That's uh, true. Very yeah. true. So, I mean, that's that was the impetus is mainly to get people inside of our building. Um, and I kept it on an entrepreneurial level. I saw what you do with your podcast. And honestly, I'm like, I'm, I'm envious of your numbers because you went with a niche and niches always stick, you know, and it's like, you're doing a voiceover podcast and un- no doubt you do it really well. Uh, and that the numbers are just going to hockey stick so much quicker, you know, with mm-hmm. my podcast, this is going to take time. Cause it's the, the, the topic that is so general and broad, you know? Right. But right. Yeah, I've I've been fortunate the last uh, four or five months. It's taken off really well. But the first year and a half, you know, it was tough. You know, you're you're getting your 20, 30 downloads here and there, and then it finally takes off and does okay. And uh, I got talked into uh, a couple other guys wanted to uh, get a podcast going. I got talked into helping them, and we're getting it launched. And it has just, you know, the perfect name. It's called It's Another VO Podcast. (laughs) You know, (laughs) because like there's 
there's not enough of them, you know. So, right. uh, but this but one it's takes not the you, you know, and that's that's what I tell right. people all the time when they're getting well. And do I do an, a podcast on insurance? Well, if you not, if you want to bore everybody to tears, I mean, it depends on your mm -hmm. audience. Are you are you teaching? You're, uh, are you looking to recruit people to your team? Then do an insurance-based podcast that helps them in their business. And then, by the way, we're looking for agents. You know, that's that's mm -hmm. the kind of twist there. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking to get customers onboarded, nobody's going to listen to a podcast about flipping insurance, you know. Right, um, right. And, and it's finding right. that hobby that, you know, well – one person that I always tell this story, he's in insurance and he goes, do I do a podcast about insurance? And I said, no. Uh, what do you like to do? And he talked about high school basketball. He really is, uh, is big into that, watching it and commenting on it and everything. I said, mm -hmm. well, that could be, mm -hmm. you know, that could be a nice little local audience. Uh, what else do you like right. doing? And he said, bow hunting. I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. There you go. Do a podcast on bow hunting. Can you can you provide yep. a product in the insurance uh, realm that you're in uh, for bow hunters, people that do that? He goes, yeah. I said, are you licensed in most of, multiple states? Yes, dude. You know, the bow hunting podcast powered by my insurance agency. You know, right. that's, right. hey guys, you know, make sure you check it out. This is how I fund this thing. Um, check me out. I've got this new product out. If you go out hunting on the weekends, this is something you absolutely need. It's umbrella coverage. It's as low as $29 a month, whatever, you know, just to get mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. you know, the tip of the spear going. Yeah. And, um, yeah. but a lot of people say, well, there's so many other podcasts that, you know, it, it, it's not you. It's not you. That doesn't matter right. how many other podcasts right. are out there. If you can talk about yep. history, if you can talk about boating, if you can talk about, you know, spelunking, then talk about it. Make sure you're having yeah. fun. Right. You know, right. And people, people really pick up on that quick. Yeah. I mean, really quick. And if they enjoy it, they keep coming back and they like it. Um, I had the uh, fun of guesting on a, a, a deal last night. I think it was called VO After Dark. And there were people that had no clue, you know, they were new VO people, had no clue who I was, et cetera, et cetera. But I come out of there this morning, I've got five, six, seven emails. You know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. If you can connect with people, and that's what the podcast does. I I started mine to to mainly kind of journal what I was going through as as a voice actor and yeah, learning, documenting. and, and mm -hmm. yeah, document. Don't make my mistakes. You know, I did this and this happened, and don't do that. You know, or, or this happened. You should try this. Right. And um, that was kind of how I started with sharing, and then it became some interviews, and then of course, as you grow your business and you grow your knowledge, your opinions will start to change a little bit from where maybe they were in the beginning, and you have to go back and say, remember back in episode eighteen when I said this, I was stupid, I didn't know better. You know, right. so I've, I've had to do a little of that. Um, Errors and retractions. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yep. Now in the in the voiceover world, since this is a VO Life podcast, let's talk. A little bit about the mostly of the type of things that you do in VO. I know you've got ties into automotive. Uh, is that a, a part of what you do or some automotive ads and such? Yeah. Yeah. I do a lot of automotive ads. I could do the, uh, you know, Bruce Bennett Nissan, that, that kind of approach, that real, the hard hitting hard sell yeah. uh, has been a major tool in my toolbox. Um, and producing those ads is also a strength. Like, you know, going mm -hmm. back to the production topic that we were talking about earlier, uh, not only can, you know, tell these agencies that I can voice it, but Hey, if you need another production guy that maybe I'm not producing my own voice, but you've got another voice actor, uh, and maybe your other production house is not available. Use me as an alternate, you know, give yeah. me all the, the work parts and I can put it together and, uh, come up with a nice comprehensive spot. Um, yeah. I just did one this morning, um, more of a low key type of automotive spot. 
uh, for my Mercedes clients here in town and, um, you know, went out, that's what I was doing yesterday. I was literally out there shooting drone video and all the video to go along with it. Mm -hmm. They sent me the copy and we, you know, refined everything, got in the closet last night, recorded a couple of different versions of it. And, you know, this morning I put it together in about a matter of about 15 minutes and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sent it off to him. So, yep. Yeah. I really enjoy automotive. I just got started in it. Um, first of the year started marketing for it and I enjoy it. I, I don't get to see a lot of the hard stuff, which I know it was at one time was more popular and, you know, but it seems like it's made a little bit of a comeback. Uh, yeah. I even saw a couple of auditions today on the, uh, on a couple of platforms that had, you know, hard sales, send us your demo with hard sales samples. And, you know, so I was surprised, Yeah, but yeah, that's fun. Who's stuff doing most do. of the, the concert spot. I used to do a ton of those too, back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, mm-hmm. I'd love to do a good concert spot again. Yeah. Those are Air fun. Supply. Uh, <laughs> Coming to the Suncoast <laughs> Casino. Air yeah, Supply. And, and there's another. Uh, What's that? There's another big one uh, right there was the, uh, uh, the, the, how the imaging stuff can tie into uh, the hard sell car ads because a lot of the yeah. same effects and a lot of the same stuff, that's pretty neat. It is. And it's uh, even on the car ads, you kind of have to back off because in the imaging world, when I used to do a lot of imaging work, it was, you know, just how crazy can you get? And these guys would go 40 plus tracks deep on just one effect. You know, yeah. just and you, yeah. and you listen to some of these imaging samples. That's what I did back in the day. To again, I was I was putting in my ten thousand hours, and I was also honing my craft by emulating other people. One of the biggest things I tell people when they're getting in, and I coach voiceover talent, you got to find someone that you is is kind of like a, a mirror to you and looks like or sounds like your voice, and emulate them. I had a client mm-hmm. the other day that that sounded like. Um, uh, not Bradley Cooper, but uh, the guy who voices Josh Lucas. Uh, he's the mm-hmm. voice of Home Depot. And I said, you have a very you know similar voice to his. Go to William Morris, WME.com, and you know, listen to his demos. You know, he's got imaging demos up there, promo demos, commercial demos, and start emulating. That's all I mm-hmm. did in the beginning. I we had so many different, you know, not just listening to the production quality of the imaging from all these radio stations and major markets. And I was just soaking up all that production knowledge, but I was also subconsciously listening to the voiceover talents that they would hire, you know, and they mm-hmm. were, you know, big, you know, the Zeus and those guys and stuff like that. Right. Um, and you'd have the guy that sounded like Dirty Harry, you know, everything was like this, you know, mm-hmm. active rock. Mm-hmm. Radio 104, Hartford, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. approach down to the, you know, I-95, WRKI, Brookfield, Danbury, Doug Paul, who I worked with uh, for the longest time. And that's me doing an impression of Doug because I've heard mm-hmm. him do it so many times. You know, Sean Caldwell, when he used to do uh, KLUC back in Vegas, you know, Las Vegas's number one hit music station. And he would always bend that one, you know, number one every single time. And that's mm-hmm. what gave them that mm-hmm. audio identifier, you know. Right. Uh, right. That audio branding, uh, if yeah. you will. And he was, he's just, he's a monster voiceover talent, that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I've worked with him on a few different projects, but I used to hear them producing his stuff in the next production room all the time when I worked in Vegas. And those, it was one of the, with one of those guys who produced these just, you know, all day to produce one piece. Yeah. yeah. All day. Wow. You know, we need a concert promo for the upcoming, you know, our big concert five. Okay. You know, and two days later, the actual promo would be done because they just, 
you know, they, they produce the initial part of it. They go out, have a smoke break, maybe talk to a few people, reset their ears, and then they come back in and like, oh, okay, it needs this and this and this. I mean, I don't know if anybody puts that kind of effort into it anymore, but mm-hmm. back in the day, it was, it was an art form. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, no doubt. Wow. No Blew doubt. my socks off every time. Yeah. Yeah. Now between, uh, voice, voiceover, voice acting, production, and podcasting, is there one that you just say, I, if I could do this all day, every day? Um, I made that mistake in 2013 when I got out of the business. I always thought I'd love to just focus on one thing, and that was marketing mm-hmm. for one client. Uh, it turned out badly. Um, and I've ever since realized, well, it's good to have more than three legs of the stool. You know, mm-hmm. but if I could w- mm-hmm. wave a magic wand and and just you know voiceover is the easiest to me the easiest part of it with the highest return with not as much time involved, right? You right. Know, if if I could right. do that on an ongoing basis, that would be fantastic. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I don't mind producing anymore. I really don't. I mean, especially if it's audio, video. I'm kind of getting tired of you know producing yeah. video. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, podcasting, once the podcast is set up, it's just maintenance from there. And Mm -hmm. if we're shooting it or if the client is shooting their own content and they get it to me and I put the the ends on and polish Mm -hmm. it up and then, you know, upload it for them, that's not a big deal. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm with you on the VO part. It'd be nice to do your two hours a day and be done. Yeah, That would be nice. But then again, you know, I've always said if, uh, you know, if I had the leverage uh, to go back into the car business and do that and sell cars, I would just to kind of do it on my own pace. Yeah. Um, I found yeah. it to be a very fun business. It's just not mm-hmm. so much fun when you have your back against the wall and you got to make a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. Exactly. I did, uh, automotive manufacturing for 27 yeah. years. And, uh, prior to that 12 years in the garment supply business, we had a family business. We supplied industrial sewing machines to all the plants back when we yeah. had plants, and I really thought at, at a younger age, that's going to be my thing till I'm gone, you know, because people will always need clothes. You don't think about all that going overseas and then boom, it's gone. Yeah. And uh, you got to get into something. Well, I thought the same thing about cars, which true, they're always going to be around, um, whether they're combustion or electric, they're going to be around. But uh, yeah. They become it's, commoditized it's, after a while. Exactly. Know? Exactly. Things yeah. are going to change. They mm-hmm. are going to change. And, uh, yeah, going through some of those changes, not maybe fun, but we always got to be prepared and adjust. It's it's almost like we wish somebody would have told us back when we were in our our teenage years that, Mm -hmm. you know, there, there is a such thing as seasons of life. You know, once Mm -hmm. what you think you want at 20 is going to be vastly different by the time you're 40. In fact, by the time you turn 40, and I hear this a lot as of late, a lot of shifts in people's lives happen between 37 and 42, 43. Certainly mm-hmm. happened with me. Um, a lot of what, you know, I kind of got radio out of my system, but financially I was behind the eight ball and now we got to make up for it and I got to provide for my family uh, a lot better than I have been and hopefully live with some margin would would be nice. And so mm-hmm. far, so good. We've been able to do that in the last seven years. But that's the other thing is that, you know, teaching young people that you may think five to seven years is a long time, man, when you get into your thirties, it's not, it's going to fly by. And it's, it's so cliche to say Mm -hmm. that. And they never understand it until they live through it. I know I did. Right. You know, my, my, my parents, Oh my gosh, it seemed like just yesterday. Okay. You know, just Uh, right. But I mean, that's so true. 
It's so yeah. true. So it when is. you tell people it it's is. a five to seven year grind to get your business off the ground, you mm-hmm. know, if you're 20, that's 20, that's a lifetime. Right. That's, that's a right. third of your life. If you say seven years to a right. 20 year old. Right. You know? Right. Makes a difference. Does make a huge difference. difference. Now, speaking of um, family, taking care of family and stuff, what do you guys like to do for fun? Uh, up until recently, well, my wife and I still like to camp. Uh, our kids, not so much because they're kind of, you know, in, in the season, their season of life where mom and dad are idiots and they, we don't know anything, <laughs> uh, which we fully expect by the time they're in the 20s, they'll, they'll be like, hey, you guys actually may know something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, right now it's just um, we got a senior in high school that's going to be a senior next year. <clears throat> We've got a uh, upcoming sophomore and my daughter, my youngest daughter is going to be in eighth grade. So. Uh, a lot of just, you know, the, the family stuff. Uh, what do we do for fun? It, you know, we'll take trips. I want to be able to take them a lot more places, do some more traveling. We love, I love going to the beach. You know, I think mm-hmm. my kids do too. Um, ultimately, man, when I'm in my fifties, I want to be able to, I want to have a, an RV and just go wherever I want to go at any given time. That is, yeah, that'd be great. That's my, that, pl- that but I've, I've got great. so many things I want to, I want to be, you know, back into a cover band or a tribute band playing drum. I'm mean, so many th- I don't know if I'm going to do them all. I know I want to do a lot of things. I just don't know when. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's good stuff. Good stuff. So Jim, you're down at Thompson station. A lot of people may not know where that is in relation, but you're just a a little bit, um, not far from Nashville, Franklin in that area, uh, middle Tennessee. Have you been in, you haven't been in middle Tennessee forever. I I do know that, but, um, how long have you been here and, and what's the difference in being here and is it home now or is it just, just, it's, just uh, where we are. We, we moved here in 05 from Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I moved here before it was cool. And mm-hmm. uh, I was like a Nashville hipster, but not the, what we typically think of Nashville, uh, you know, East Nashville hipster. But <clears throat> I was a hipster in the sense that I moved from the West Coast to Nashville before it was cool to do. So right. Uh, right. we've been here since 17 years and it's, it's more than home to us. Um, I, I would tell people that uh, especially when they would ask where I was from, when I test drove cars with the Mercedes, <clears throat> I would say Connecticut. Well, oh my gosh, how is that different from that from here? I said, well, Connecticut's you know uh, picturesque, much like Tennessee. It looks like Tennessee, and Connecticut could be you know brother sister. I said, but you you just don't have to suffer the uh, taxes and the uh, the uh, jerks. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say jerks. Mm-hmm. I would say something more crass. <laughs> right. So right. Um, that's that's the biggest difference. Uh, the culture shock came to us when we did move to Vegas in our mid twenties. Um, we had been so immersed in the, the Northeast, and I can say this because I'm from the Northeast, and I don't care if anybody has a problem with it. It is the most uncivilized civilization that thinks that's, that they're civilized. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. li- like the armpit of the country, and. Right. Um, when we moved from there to Vegas, we found that out that people would actually talk to you and wave to you. And, you know, the checkout girl at the grocery store starts talking to me and I had no idea she was talking to me. I thought they were having a conversation between themselves. Right. And she asked me and they were talking about her new boyfriend's ex-girlfriend wanted to take her out to uh, lunch to discuss whatever situation they were having. And, you know, they're having it right there. You can't help but hear it, you know? Right. But, you right. know, like being from Connecticut, I'm just looking down and not making eye contact or saying hello because that's not what, you know, civilized people mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. And, um, sir, what do you think of that? You talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think I should do? Oh, uh, 
I, she she wants to take you to lunch? Yeah. Well, it's a free lunch. I never thought about it that way. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. And I was completely flabbergasted. I'm like, I yeah. forgot people did this. Right. How sad is right. that? You know? Yeah. But we yeah, found more to, of that here. So True. Very true. I used to travel quite a bit for for business and I would I would run into that. Of course I, I could walk into a Dunkin' Donuts up north and I'd say, Small coffee. And they say, You're not from here, are you? That quick. <laughs> they wouldn't so, say, What okay. are you looking at? Yeah. That was probably next. That, that was My typically, friend. there's one of two salutations in the Northeast. One is, is how you doing? And it's not a question. It's just a salutation. We really don't care how you're doing. We don't want to hear mm-hmm. it. Keep on moving. Yep. And the next one is, what are you looking at? Yeah. Yeah. It's usually, what yeah. the F are you looking at? Yeah. So. Yeah. You know. I see where the armpit comes from now. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, it's, for it's, sure. They're, they're, they're the most, like I said, the most uncivilized part of the country that thinks of themselves as civilized. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Well, <laughs> one never knows. Welcome to Tennessee. I, yeah. You know, I, my biggest complaint here is drivers. Uh, other than that, not bad. I mean, and yeah, as, people as are, California are continues friendly. to move in, it's going to get more and more interesting. It's getting worse. Yeah, it's yeah. Getting, definitely getting more interesting. I do <laughs> I do love the fact here, now up here where I'm at, Westmoreland, Portland, uh, you know, especially now, now that I'm bald and have a gray chin, I can walk up to a door and a kid's going to open the door and, after you, sir, and all that stuff, I, I enjoy that uh, yeah. around here because there's there's other places you're going to go to. They'll open the door, go right in in front of you, and pull it up behind them, or you still got to grab it yourself. You know, at least and considering that you're only 38 for crying, yeah, out loud. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there are still some some manners for, a few, <laughs> but anyway, there is. I, there, it's it's still prevalent down here. You see, uh, you know. People call you by, you know, they call me Mr. Jim most of the time and, mm-hmm. um, which is very nice, uh, to, to, you know, it's, it's just reverence for your, your elders and, and it's kind of mm-hmm. nice. So. Yep. Yep. Still a lot of, uh, hopefully decent upbringing. So all yeah. you younger kids out there, if any of you are listening that your parents are forcing you to listen to a VO podcast. Back in stra- my day. Yes. Straighten up and mind your manners, boy. Years ago. Years well, ago, Jim. <clears throat> Jim, this has been good. I've I've enjoyed it. Um, we have we've hit on a couple of uh, sore spots, I think, and I think that's good. I, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I do wish some of these folks would would leave well enough alone and not worry about it, and uh, let these folks come in and test the waters. I heard a very interesting comment the other day, and um, this person said most newer people in in the voiceover industry that are trying to go full-time have already spent more on demos and coaching and marketing than they'll ever make back some of them. And I don't doubt that because there are so many, uh, con art, con artists out there. So many demo meals, so many, you can make six figures, you know, quickly and da, 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 da. It's a tough business. I mean, it's a tough business. It's hard. Um, you also offer some coaching. I understand, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I want to be sure we get all that in before we close out because there's a ton of experience right here. Um, and, and I think that's important. And, and it's not just, uh, you know, whether it's performance coaching, business coaching, whatever it is that, uh, that, that people need, they need to get it from somebody that gets it. Not, uh, not from somebody that's not working or, or just got a shingle up or just saying they're doing it. 
and uh, you've been around at this a while. You came up through the through the radio system. You understand it. My gosh, the production side. I wish I could just remember what you forgot. Mm-hmm. That would be helpful for me. But of all the thing, all the services that you're offering, um, how how do people get in touch with you with you for those services? Whether it be they need you for a VO or, or they need a podcast produced or they're looking at you know audio production. Uh, Jim McCarthy Voiceovers dot com. Uh, M-C-C-A-R-T-H-Y. I should probably look up to see if uh, other variations of that are available and buy them. Yeah, Namecheap, Namecheap.com. Namecheap.com, really? Yeah, you can get you can get domains for like 99 cents a year. Really? Yeah, and uh, I, I bought up a few, and what you can do after you get them on their site, no extra charge, you can set them up to where they'll link to your other site. So if somebody goes in and puts in bluecollarvoiceofchoice.com, it'll go to my website. Oh, okay. So you can come up with all those other ones for, you know, a couple of bucks or a buck a piece. And if somebody happens to put it into search, it will bring you up. Namecheap.com. Namecheap.com. Check Check it out. I'm all about the cheap. Yeah. All about the cheap. It's not cheap, Troy. It's thrifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're never supposed to say cheap, are you? Right. That's what, Inex- what I was taught. Least expensive. Least expensive. Yeah. Economic. <laughs> Nameeconomic.com. Hey, Jim, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me down to your place. I enjoyed the trip down and, and uh, getting to be on video. That was fun. Although my gut, it made me realize it's time to get back to the gym, but that's okay. I'll, I'll do that. I actually started back this week. You and me both. I got the... I got to, got to get after it. Wishing you the best of luck, my friend. I really enjoy listening to your stuff. Keep at it. And, uh, uh, anytime I can help, I'm here, reach out and, uh, man, I I just appreciate you. Appreciate all you do. Hey, if you ever find yourself down here, let's grab a bite. And, uh, likewise, if I'm ever up by the Kentucky state line. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause you (laughs) mentioned a pizza place and we didn't go. So we'll, we'll hit that. We'll hit that joint next time we're down. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks a bunch. All right, buddy. This podcast was produced under the authority of the podcast police, who may or may not have investigated the host and guests prior to broadcasting. Any unlawful statements will be investigated further and persecuted to the fullest extent of the podcast law. Well, whistle me Dixie.